This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. And now, Christ and Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. For joining the conversation today. I'm Erin Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your host for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Now, this is a very special episode of Persuasion for many reasons. We're going to go through all of them. The first being that I am in the very same room with Hannah Anderson for only the second time ever. That's right. I mean, that alone is noteworthy. But I do think we need to confess something to the listeners then, because you have been telling them for 151 episodes that this is Aaron Straza with Hannah Anderson. <laughs> and so that's kind of a lie, Aaron. I've, I've been lying all this you time. Have. I have been. Okay, I'm, I'm outed. This is true because we, we don't record together. No. You are in your home. I am in my home. I'm in Illinois. You are in Virginia. And... First of all, I feel like that's wrong because I would like for us to be together more often recording, but I've enjoyed that at least we get to discuss things digitally. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to be your neighbor, but I, I think we have something special, okay? Okay. We have Break it down. A, a long distance relationship that survived. This is and, true. And I like to think we're kind of like um, digital pen pals. Oh, that's nice. You know how you like used that. to like... When you were like in seventh grade French or something, right. the teacher would buy a whole bunch of addresses <laughs> and, and, and sync you up with some other yeah. student. Did you ever have a pen pal? Okay. I had failed pen pals. Here's a story. My sister had a pen pal and that pen pal had a sister my age. So they were like, oh, sisters, you should be pen pals. We wrote maybe two or three times. And then I can't get things mailed I can't get things stamped and mailed. So that fizzled out pretty quick. But I do want to brag on my sister for just a moment. She has had the same pen pal like 35 years. What? And this pen pal is in Australia and they have visited each other and they are the dearest of friends. So I feel like they have done oh, it. So, Long distance well, pen pals. They have done this. So there is hope someday. There, there is hope. At 35 years from now. You will live in Australia, and I'll be able to visit you there. Yes. Okay. I see where this is going now. So we could be digital pen pals, and I could finally have success. Because honestly, <laughs> Bloomington, Illinois, is not a place. I'm really, right. Really, you're not dying to get there. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to Australia yeah. or somewhere else. Yeah, that's fine. But I do think there's something very different about sitting across from you right now, looking at you, having it's this a conversation. Yes, to be honest. I'm usually looking at my walls or a blanket if it's too noisy and I'm I'm covering myself to to deaden the noise that's coming from my furnace. But but yeah, this is a little strange, but also fun. Um, 
we are here together. I want to let all the listeners know we are here together for a big reason. We are in Greenville, South Carolina. So we're not in Illinois or Virginia. Right. We're in we South left Carolina. both of our places to meet up. Here we're not in Australia, in South sadly. Carolina. And we're at Leaf Institute for Art and Vocation. And we're doing a weekend, uh, Wordcraft weekend about the. Um, the vocation, the calling of communication and writing, and really, it's been fantastic already. It has tonight. been. Um, but it is kind of weird that we're in South Carolina, like you said, not either Virginia right. or Illinois. Right, New I to think me. the first, time, first and only time we were together, we were in a different state, too. We were. We were in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, so. Indiana conference there, which was also fun. And we recorded some persuasions together. I don't remember if we... One or two. Maybe short ones. Um, yeah, in a hotel room. I remember that. Yes, I do remember that. But they're not like this one because we are at Leaf Institute mm -hmm. here. And we're not alone. No. We talk about how our podcast is the best kind of company. And we often have guests who are all over and none of us are ever in the same room. But not only are we in the same room... We have lots of other people in the room with us. We have guests with us. It's we like do. we have a very large living room very and we're large. hosting a large party. Did you get snacks? Because I didn't get any. <laughs> I, I, this is another thing I can't get done, just like putting stamps on envelopes. So I'm so glad that Leaf Institute has some snacks for us so that we can all visit here. It's yeah. been wonderful. This is fascinating on several levels, though, because I have so appreciated our weekly conversations. Mm -hmm. And it has felt kind of like this digital relationship, mm -hmm. but it's felt very holistic and true. And I feel like I've gotten to know you at levels oh, yeah. that I don't know people that maybe live in my same community um, yeah. because maybe I'm just not being as intentional with showing up at their door every week and forcing them to have a podcast with me. <laughs> yeah, if you set a time and a date, then you yeah. have to show up. And so I think that steadiness has helped me because I know I'm I'm meeting with you and we are going to talk. I, I think, um, I don't want that to sound like a negative, like we have to do it. I enjoy knowing that, oh, on this day we're gonna talk about things and I always have a million things I'd like to talk with you about aside from the podcast, which is why our conversations after we stop recording usually last another hour. And so that's the wonderful part about the digital communication is and having that connection. At least we can find time and space to have good conversations. I do wonder though, how our relationship would change if we were in the same place on a more regular basis, mm -hmm. if we were communicating face-to-face. Mm -hmm. -face. Uh, like, we go deep dives yeah. when we talk each week. And, that's and we fantastic. have to go fast and because we, we have time constraints. But I wonder what would change if we have these kind of digital conversations like are happening in this certain space. And, mm -hmm. and we'll be in some of the same places on social media yeah. and we'll talk back and forth there in text. But I wonder how our relationship or how our communication would change if we were in the same pace, mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. place on a regular basis. Like what would we I learn about too. each other? What would be impossible to communicate mm. about each other, you know, across the, mm -hmm. the internet? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that we would only learn about each other if we were together? Oh, I think you would learn a lot more about my my daily escapades. I'm not texting you and telling you about how my life is playing out. Um, that part of it, I think I miss. I like both. I really like the deep dive, but I also like the minutia. 
And I love um, being able to catch up with friends. Oh, I'm going to be over here. Let's meet up real quick, even for 30 minutes to talk That's some true. things out. I do like that. Um, I like that aspect of it where we can um, meet up or even the friends who I meet with on a regular basis. It's the same thing. We have a, a set time and date and we do get together and talk. But I think because I see them regularly, I almost find that my conversation with them at times doesn't go as deep because I feel like, oh, I see you all the time. And so then we get chit-chatting about who knows whatever else, and that can be valuable. But I also think that because we have a set time and we both have constraints, I love that this digital platform allows us to sink in deep to some things that we wouldn't and, otherwise. And now as I, hear, as I hear you describe that, I'm starting to think about the relationships that I've made online. Mm. And they usually happen around the connection point. Mm -hmm. So we're mm -hmm. in a similar place talking about the same thing. Like with Christ and pop culture, we're talking about pop culture from a Christian perspective. So we're all assimilating, congregating around that topic. Yeah. Or I'll be working uh, with a peer who's writing in the same space. Yeah. And so my relationship with them is based on the issues and the conversations that are happening there. And it, it is fascinating that a lot of those go really, really deep in mm -hmm. terms of ideas. Yeah. But I don't know that they know much about my life. Exactly. It's not getting into the emotional part or um, there, there are those common daily things that tell you more about a person than just the ideas because you're more than just all these deep ideas. There's, there's so much more about like, you. If you live with me or in the same space, you would learn that I am habitually late because you would see me flying and past your that. house to pick up my kids who uh -huh. I forgot to pick up at 2 and it's now 2.30. <laughs> so, but I don't know that because I don't live with you right, or near you. So I think there's this observational uh, perspective that we miss. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think there's also probably in live communication, I think you're right about our conversations do tend to be about the basic habits of our lives yeah. and our days and yeah. getting things done. Can you pick up the kids or can you do mm -hmm. this? But I think we also miss a lot of the nuance sure. of um, body language, tone of voice, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I think there's ways to compensate for that sure. digitally. Sure. But it takes a lot of work. It does. Well, as we are recording this, this really is the finale of our series, and we're calling it Live Talk. And so you're talking about how live conversation, mm -hmm. it is, in some ways, it can be more rich than the online conversations that we have. So you're saying that what I'm seeing with you as we talk face to face, I'm getting more information than mm -hmm. I may get just with an online interaction, informational interaction. Uh, this is why we use emojis with oh, the texting right. and online. We use those because it's like, oh, I don't see you. Right. So just, I need to send the emoji so you know I'm joking or I'm scared or ah, you know, right. whatever just it is. in case you didn't know yeah. that was a joke, right. here's a smiley face yes. so you know All the, the smileys. <laughs> I, I do. I have to say this. I use LOL a whole lot more than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> because you wouldn't just say that in normal, regular face-to-face -face conversation. And, and I feel like I have to put it out there. Right. Like, to make it clear. Let me let you like, know. This is a joke. Right. <laughs> Clarify that. Because they can't see you. Um, this is the value of live talk. I think um, this is what I appreciate, appreciate about live conversation is that I can see 
um, and, and put all of it together. Like I can see your facial expressions. I can see your um, body language. I hear you. So I hear tone and it's just easier for me to follow the conversation. This is why I honestly, I hate talking on the phone. I hate it. Um, I, I hate it. Do you still do that? No. This, well, people want to, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. Who are these people? But this is why I, I really, I don't even care to talk on the phone with family. I, it's not like I don't, it's it, not like I don't care about them. I don't know. Sorry, mom. Um, no, I, actually, I think it's not that I don't want to talk to the person. It's that I so value the face to face. I want all the information. And so when I'm on the phone, I'm only hearing things and I, I just feel so disconnected. I just don't like it. For some reason, I feel different about texting and emailing and who knows why that's the case. I don't feel bad about that, but I would much rather sit and talk with someone than to talk just on the phone or um, to just have um, a back and forth by text. Like that's fun for day-to-day -day stuff, but I want to sit. I, I love the sitting and talking with someone and seeing facial expressions and getting the whole experience. I just love Does it that. ever feel like too much then? Uh, too much input, well, all, the input. all the live mm -hmm. information. Like sometimes I feel like I can actually be more effective in going deep with ideas. I would agree with that. When I don't have to filter right all of the information like looking at the person's face looking sure. at their body language okay looking, you see that i i agree with that because when i'm thinking of ideas but for some reason having conversation i feel like i need to know the person and mm -hmm. maybe i'm just too distracted on the phone i don't know what it is maybe because i'm trying to multitask i don't know what it is but there's something about being on the phone i feel like i don't want to talk to you about this now let's save it i always think i'm i don't want to tell, like, I'm, I'm probably going to talk with Mike later. I don't want to tell him things by text from like, or by phone. It's like, I want to wait till I sit with him and I want to tell him the whole story and get really into what happened and all the details. So there's something about face to face that allows that. And I, I like that, but it's for certain contexts. Well, that's what I, I'm purposes. hearing you say is that each medium yeah. can carry certain messages yes. more effectively. Yeah, so it's not that. that these forms of conversation are necessarily in competition with each right. other. You just right. have to know what to use them for, what they can do and what they can't do. Sure. And as much, um, you know, as much as we talk about the, the loss of communication, you can't see nuance, you can't see body mm -hmm. language online, I think there are some positives too. And mm. for me, one of the things that's positive is it gives me a chance to pause long enough to think. Yes. So yep. like someone types something in the little box on a thread on social media yeah. and I can stop, I can think about it, I can write something out and then delete it mm -hmm. and then write it out differently. <laughs> and even on Facebook, <laughs> not on Twitter, but on Facebook, you can go back and edit it. Which I love, the edit button. So, so happy to have that. it's an interesting medium in terms of does it, does it have the potential? I, I know it doesn't do this always, but does it yeah. have the the potential to create conversations that are more thoughtful. Oh, I think it has the potential. I also think it has the potential to set you up for better conversation. So it may be that you start a conversation and you realize, oh, I need to go deeper with that person. And then maybe 
take that offline. I've seen that so much recently, which I'm glad for, that people are realizing we should be having this conversation in person. We should not be having this by Twitter. <laughs> and so people right, say, let's, so let's bow out here. But I would love, I, I've so appreciated seeing people type things in saying, hey, we should stop this and we should get together and talk. It's like, yeah, there are times where that conversation isn't going anywhere in that mode. Mm -hmm. um, I also think some of it is preference. Like some people prefer to talk on the phone. I have a friend who loves to talk on the phone and I, I feel like, oh, it is a, a, you know, a burden for me. It's like, I, I want to talk to you, but I really hate being on the phone. And so I do try to weigh that out and know that, okay, she loves that. So I'm going to meet her in that space and have this conversation. But my preference would be face-to-face -face if it's conversational or personal. Same thing with online. We can have the start of a good conversation and it gives me so much to think about. And I walk away with all the ideas buzzing but that's not the end of the conversation by any means. I have so much more I need to process and, and online can be good for that. It does give you time you know, to there's think. A, the other thing that I have found online conversations do that might be different, and, and maybe it's similar. Um, I think a lot about having those conversations in public. To me, online is mm, more public mm -hmm. than someone in my house. Yeah, yeah. And so even if I feel like I'm talking to one other person, like I'm engaging one person, yes. it's actually happening in public. And right. so I'm much more conscious of whether I'm speaking well in mm -hmm. that conversation, whether I'm um, working toward understanding, mm -hmm. or it's like you've got the watching world. Sure. I mean, they're observing you. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, when I've had in-person conversations, I've been at a coffee shop and someone will be telling me something about their life and it relates to somebody. And then you use someone's name and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, next table over, here's someone who knows the person that this we're having this conversation about. And I'm always like, oh, let's just pause that because people are listening. And so I feel like the online maybe could make us a little bit more sensitive that People are around and listening, and you need to be mindful. If your words are being harsh, someone could hear it. If you're out in public, if you're online, someone could be listening. And live talk, I think, has that potential for someone to overhear. Just because you've, you have created a space in your mind yes. where you're like, I'm only talking to this right. other person, doesn't mean that's actually Everyone else can hear Everyone else your voice carry. Yeah, that's unsettling. Yeah. Well, here we've been talking about um, live talk, how we value being together, even though we don't get to do that all that often. Um, this is the culmination of our, our entire series this fall. We've done a series called Talking About Talk. This is our finale, and it is such a joy to get to see you face-to-face -face and to talk about these things. Um, when we go through conversation and communication. We've talked about it um, in all these episodes about um, the importance of talking. We've gone through small talk and technical language. We've covered it from all these aspects. And yet when we're talking face to face, um, it brings all those things together. It's almost like the culmination is here because um, the, the shorthand that we have developed, we can use that. Um, small talk. We've we've chatted, even though we both have said small talk could be hard. We've had plenty of small talk over the past 
couple of hours here and we've survived. It has not been terrible. And so we are practicing all the different types of conversation that really we've been discussing in all of these episodes, which has been kind of fun to be able to see it live between it us. It has been. And I mm -hmm. think that goes back to what we, not just the, the goal of this series, but kind of what we want to do with Persuasion Podcast yeah. um, from the beginning. Well, I don't know if we knew this at the beginning, but it became pretty clear through the process of doing this, that we want to stimulate conversations yeah. with our listeners. Uh, we want you all to go out and have good conversations with the people in your lives so that, yeah, it's probably not gonna be a digital conversation, but have that conversation in yeah. real life with your family around the dinner table, with mm -hmm. your friend in the church, with your coworker, mm -hmm. because that in real life conversation is going to bond you to them in yeah. ways. You're going to reveal things about yourself and they're going to reveal things about themselves and that's going to create um, that relationship that may not happen otherwise. Right. This idea that by us talking digitally, we could then spur on live conversations, that's exciting to me. Uh, what I hear so much is that people say, oh, we're so busy, we don't have time to talk. Um, dinner is so frantic. There isn't that dinner conversation among the family like what you would have. Um, sometimes church conversation, people feel uneasy or it can lead into difficult conversations where then there's conflict. I would love it if people could listen to how we are talking or the topics that we're talking about and just be able to say, oh, this is something that is an important conversation, whatever the topic may be, and be willing to dig into it and have those conversations with people who they see face to face. I've mentioned before that so often after we have talked, I bring up these same topics with my friends because just the act of of thinking of them, it's almost like it just gets the wheels turning. And I can't stop that just because we've hit the record, we've stopped the recording, that doesn't mean that my brain stops. Um, and to go then and have these conversations and to ask good questions, that has been really meaningful because I can remember our conversation and then I think, oh, I'd like to know what my friend thinks about this. So just by asking a simple question, it brings all of this new information that I never had before. That's really the key is in conversation, are you exploring what the other person thinks? Mm -hmm. Which can be scary, but it's needed. It can be. And I, and I feel like this has been, this, this not just this episode, but this whole um, series has been healthy to me to appreciate the level of conversation I have in my life. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I feel very blessed, not just by our ability to have conversations, but like, I feel like in my family, you know, my kids would probably say I have forced this culture upon them. <laughs> forced conversation. Forced conversation. <laughs> my husband would say the same thing, <laughs> but I do feel blessed by the level of conversation I have with the people around me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is the other thing that's wonderful about conversation digitally with you is we can edit it. We can. Have we ever had a fight? about cake and um, pie. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Someone says, yep. <laughs> uh, no, I am, I am a slow processor. That's what I am. Happen. I am such a slow processor. So 
um, conversations that would lead to arguments, it takes me so long to process them and then to get really mad about it. I don't know. I and think see, that's why. If we only talk once a week. Right. You're over that's... it by the time we get back together. Right. right. I'll circle back I'll around and be mad at you. An effective, meaningful relationship with someone. You only talk once a week. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like I never get angry. I'm thinking, well, Mike and I, it's not like we never argue, but there's something, maybe it is the dailiness. I don't know. But it, I think it, my wheels are always turning where I'm trying to figure out, did you mean that? Or maybe you didn't mean that the way that I took it. I think I'm so busy trying to process it and understand it. I think my I first reaction isn't like, I'm so mad at you. I can strangle you through the microphone. No, I, I don't feel I that way. if in-person conversations have more potential for conflict or if it's about the same. I mean, I know plenty Ooh, yeah. of conflict online. And right. people are just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one. But I if you say you're right, because uh, what happens with me being a slow processor, if I don't understand something and I'm trying to figure out what the person is doing, if I'm jumping to conclusions about them, I'm so frustrated that I, even though I'm looking at them, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my word, what are you thinking? And then I can't stop thinking, what are you thinking? <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of asking another question to try to understand it, my wheels are just going. And I, that's when I do feel anger in one-on-one in -on -one live conversations, yeah. when I can't understand it. And I feel like um, the conversation isn't leading to greater understanding. I don't like that. Yeah, for as much conflict as you can have online, yeah. Um, it's a double-edged sword that there's a barrier. Yeah. So we talk about oh, yeah. online conversations being disembodied and it's right. not in person and you miss so much, but it also does have a barrier of sorts. Yeah, where you can you, turn it off. Yeah. You can walk away. Can I mean, you may away. still have the emotion of it, but you can walk away. Right. Live conversation, if you're in the middle of the argument, sometimes you need to keep talking it out, yeah. but other times it is good to walk away. But that's much harder when you're with a person and you're angry and frustrated. So yeah, I would say that's a house, unique angle. When you're with a person and you're arguing and you try to walk away, the other person who is blonde and about five foot three will chase you down <laughs> and, and keep say, it going. you cannot leave. We have to have this conversation. Right now. Right now. Live. In person. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, my ability to process difficult topics and things that are anger producing, I think that has improved over the years. Um, I'm a conflict avoider. I've admitted this many times on this um, recording of persuasion. Uh, I am a voider. So um, I would back away from difficult conversations. But in recent years, I think um, I just feel more comfortable to deal with um, just incongruity. Things just don't line up. Things aren't going to be just right. And I think I, I'm embracing that a little bit more. I'm better able to say, okay, you can think that and I can think this, but that doesn't mean that we hate each other. Yeah. And uh, that part of it, being in relationship for the long haul is such a help because mm -hmm. that face-to-face -face is letting me know you aren't leaving. This is fantastic. This might be the noisiest space. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's getting a real taste of what's going on here tonight. <laughs> All right, you were saying something brilliant about being conflict avoided and blah, 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 blah I, uh, before the ambulance came through. Or as we say in Virginia, let me see if I can get it right, 
the ambulance. Ambulance? Oh, I've not the heard that one before. Being a conflict avoider, I, I tend to shy away from these conversations. But in recent years, I think I feel a little bit more confident to say that you can think what you think and I can think what I think, but that doesn't mean that we have to hate each other. It doesn't mean that we can't continue in life together. Um, conflict for me in the past has been, if we are in conflict, that means relationship is broken. And the good thing about live in-person conversations, especially with people you are in life with, my family, we're not going anywhere. So it has reinforced, it's good to have these live conversations that are often very difficult, they're refining. Um, but it's also helped me to have these conversations online. Um, now that I feel more confident to think that you can have your thoughts and I can have mine, but that doesn't mean that they always have to line up, that allows me to enter into some of the fray online and not feel so upset by people are arguing on the internet. I mean, they're always going to argue on the internet. So uh, it, it's being okay with things not being perfect. And even as I listen to you talk, I'm thinking about how, you know, even before the digital age, if you were in conflict, trying to have a difficult conversation mm -hmm. with a person in real life, you may have taken a step back and even gone and written a letter. Oh, or, sure. Or written it out. Or if you have one of those conversations, you know you have to have with someone and you're like, this is coming. Yeah. And just to make sure I do it right, I'm going to write everything out mm -hmm. and then I'm going to read it to them. Yes. Wow. And that can be awkward in its own way, but I do think it goes back to that question of the immediacy mm -hmm. of an in-person conversation where do you sometimes need a little mm -hmm. bit of distance, a little bit of barrier um, to facilitate, to, to just give that um, gap where you can process the weight yeah. of the emotion and the conflict because you don't want to be overcome by it. Right. Yeah. We've been talking in this WordCraft weekend about the, the value of words, the weight of words, and I feel like that is a really good way to wind this down here for this episode is to talk about how our words are so powerful, we need to invest them well, and sometimes it is face-to-face -face, and sometimes in that face-to-face -face, it's better Ooh, i need to back off mm -hmm. and shape them a little bit better before i just spill them out because we're right here in person so the the weight and the value of words it's the reminder that we have the power to build up or tear down with the things that we say and in person things can just blurt out online we have the same thing you could just blurt things out online and cause a mess there but the power and the weight of words that's why we are doing this in mm -hmm. persuasion we're trying to remind each other in the talking that we have the ability to uh, curate goodness as we've been talking about and i want to share just as we end this episode I want to share a thing that happened earlier today and that uh, Aaron and I were palling around uh, Greenville, South Carolina, mm -hmm. and um, my grandmother mm -hmm. lives here and she is in a care home. And so I went over to see her um, before we came to the event tonight and Aaron came with me. And my grandmother's 89 and she is struggling with words mm -hmm. and it's, an, it's this really hard struggle that she's dealing with where she knows the words she wants to use, but she can't 
format. Mm -hmm. And so in talking about the ability to have in-person live conversations, um, I was able to sit with my grandmother not just, what, three hours ago? Yeah. And here's a woman nearing the end of her life where words were so essential and, and the ability for mm -hmm. us to be together. Mm -hmm. And it really was something of a broken conversation where mm -hmm. she would be attempting to use words and I would attempt to understand what she was saying. Um, but even though the conversation itself was difficult, being with her, mm -hmm. having a live conversation with her meant the world. And so we didn't really talk about anything much. Mm. She couldn't even form the words to, to say the things she wanted to say to me. But we were together. Mm -hmm. And, it and was there lovely. was life yeah. and goodness there. I so appreciate it as the observer seeing how you knew she was struggling and you were like, I will talk like I will, I will invest words. She's invested in you and now you are going to invest in her at a point where she's having a hard time communicating. And that's such a lovely thing to think that, oh, when we are in person, we can help each other with our words. I mean, it was just such a beautiful picture of we need to help each other. And, and the communicating, the being with each other, you, you knew exactly what to do in that moment is to be with her and hold her hand and to have try to keep that conversation going, even though it was very hard for her to let her know, you're still here, you're still talking, and um, it's powerful. I loved that. And um, I, I feel like that's a picture that's going to really stay with me for a long time. So I feel very, um, I don't know, very honored that you would let me to be be there and, and to be part of that memory with you and your grandmother. Well, here we are, we're winding down for this first Ever live episode with a live audience. We're so glad that all of you here were with us here at WordCraft Weekend. Thank you so much. And we are so grateful that um, we could be here together, be um, talking about words. It's our finale for talking about talk series. We hope you listen to all of those episodes. As we close, we want to say thanks to Jonathan Clausen. He produces Persuasion and all the other shows in the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. And we're so glad that you listened with us and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at christandpopculture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.